Not because we live. Well, a lot of us, we just existing. But because he lives, he makes it worth living. Amen. And he allows us to live it like we never lived it before. I thought I was living before I obeyed the gospel. And I found out I was just struggling. I was just holding on. Now I'm, I'm enjoying life. I'm, I'm living life now where I can enjoy it now. Amen. Good evening. How y'all doing? All right. Some faces I'm seeing for the first time today. Uh, seeing the Keelans and others. And it's good to see y'all. Thank uh, Xavier for leading us in song and Brother Josh for leading us in the scripture text. And uh, let's get to the business at hand. I don't see any guests really in here. We just uh, family from an, a, a, another area, another home. That's, that's all. So, so and Matthew, this text that was read into your hearing, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You, you know, sometimes when, when we as, as preachers and we have an assignment to preach a certain topic, I, I shudder sometimes when we had that because we don't communicate with one another. And, 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 and sometimes you, we might have the same text almost verbatim that the preacher before us just finished preaching. And when you're sitting and listening, you say, oh, please save me some meat on, on, on the bone, you know. But, um, but we, we happen that, that, that bump heads sometimes with that because, like I say, we don't communicate that. And, and uh, Brother Bethea, when he was going through his message this morning I, and, and he hit a few texts, I say, okay, well, they're going to hear that again. Maybe they didn't get it the first time, you know. Then, then I say, I'm, I'm going to help their, their memory bank, you know, to remind them about that, you know. But it, it happens, and, and that's how God's word is. I mean, if those... Uh, back in Noah's day, had said, oh, I already heard that sermon before, you know, that he preached to them, you know. See, those would have been the ones that was standing outside that ark, not knocking, knocking on their tongue, but, oh, no, I got it now. Let me in, you know, after 120 years of preaching the same text. But, but, but we're not going to preach the, the same text for that long, but we all are, are striving to, to get to heaven. So in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, mainly a launching board of where I want to go, it, it, the text reads, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Two, two of the many blessings that we enjoy in Christ is not only redemption, but renewal. See, Redemption, because we were on the slave market. We were, we were all sold unto sin before Christ rescued us. He redeemed us and brought us back. 
So we, we, we enjoy that redemption that, that he uh, purchased for us. But we also enjoy the renewal that he gave us. Um, he made us whole again. He, he, he made us brand new. And see, the renewal that we find in Christ involves the concept of spiritual growth. See, that, that means that when this says a, a healthy physical life is one of growth, so a healthy spiritual life is a process of growth. See, but sadly to say that not all Christians grow spiritually. See, many uh, have been Christians for years with little change or improvement. We, we, sometimes we can sit and sit in the pews and, and, and we can be there um, religiously. We can, we can be there on time and, and, and we repeat that action, but with little growth in connection with that. And, and, we, and we have said how a lot of times until we go a little bit further than just sitting in the pews and make ourselves available um, in, in Bible study classes, a lot of times we don't realize that we're not even being discipled until we have an, a regular Bible study class in, in, in um, our walk, instituted in our walk and on a regular basis. Because just saying we're going to we study at home, we know that that's not the same. We, we're not going to get the same thing at home. So. But but the reason why there's little improvement or little change is because spiritual growth is a choice. See, it, it, it doesn't just happen by default, unlike physical growth. See, see, spiritual growth occurs only when we choose to grow. And if we do not make that choice and, and stick to it, there will be no spiritual growth. So I want to talk this evening from the subject, spiritual growth is a choice. Spiritual growth is a choice. And spiritual growth is a choice that's, number one, commanded by God. It, it's, it's, see, in the text that we just read, going back over, it says, in verse 18, Matthew 28, it, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. See, he, so he says that I want you to go after you make these disciples, I want you to teach them the things that I've commanded you. So, so he's saying, he said Jesus commanded his apostles to go and make disciples and baptizing them and to observe the things that he commanded. See, what is um, specifically implied in the command to teach is that the disciples would be obedient learners and followers of what Jesus commanded. You, you see that right there? He, he told them, see, I, I, I said it. A, a week ago when I did 11 o'clock service there, see, there, there's a, a contract being made here every time somebody obeys the gospel, you know. And when a person, alien sinner, chooses to obey the gospel, then we have an obligation to help them to do that. We help 
have an obligation to help them to carry that out. So, and that's what Jesus said in this great commission here, to go, at, go ye therefore and teach all nations. So we had an obligation to teach them. Once we taught them, then we have the obligation of baptizing them. And then we have the obligation, as he said, to teach them some more. Teach them. And that second teaching is discipleship. So that's our responsibility as a church to the person that we bring in. Their obligation in this contract is to make themselves available to be taught that second teaching. See, if you obey and you don't have time to for any kind of study and all you can make it to is one service a month because you're on the road all the time. And 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 and, and that's all that, you know, once a month. I'll be at, at 8 o'clock. I'm coming early because I want the rest of the day to myself. One and done, okay? I'm, but I'm going to make it at least one, one Sunday out the month. But I can't make no Bible studies because I work from dark to dark, okay? And I'm not, I'm not able to make that. Well, well, how do you expect to grow? How do you ever expect to get disciples with, with that kind of a schedule? Then, then, then you're too busy for God. You, you might have to... You might have, have to think about that because you, you can't fulfill your part of this contract that you, you're making here. And, and, and there's a problem in that. But see, and, and as much as you want to help people to realize that when you're sitting down, you're talking to somebody about obeying the gospel, you can't make a person understand that then. You can't make them understand what they're committing to and, and what's going to be required of them, but we try to, but um, uh, that, that's the job. That's the job that's, that's at hand. So, and, and, and then, not, not only did Jesus say that then, that these obedient, uh, 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 these disciples, these people that just obeyed the God, he, he wanted them to be obedient learners and followers of what he was teaching. See, that's what a disciple was. A lot of times, the disciples back in that day, they even roomed, they, they, they left where they were and, and, and started rooming with those that they were being discipled by. Okay? They followed them around because they wanted to be just like them. And, they, and they, they made themselves learners in that. See, that's what a disciple is. A disciple is a follower. That's, that's all it is. And, and it doesn't have to be a religious thing. Any disciple, you have people out here in, in, in the wrong phase of life who are discipling people to follow after them. And they do whatever they teach them to do. But in, in, the, in the world of, of God's work uh, as a disciple, we have a, a, a job that's, that's more intense than, than that with uh, uh, better benefits than, than just being a follower of somebody. We, we're followers of God. And, and his command. See, Peter even, he, he, he implied the same thing in, in his apostolic letters. See, in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 18, Peter ends his second epistle with a command to grow. He, he, in, that, in that text, he, he commands us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Peter three and 18. He says to grow in the grace and the knowledge. See, that grace is that favor, that unmerited favor. When, when we mess up, we got grace. 
Grace, grace loves you in spite of who you are. So he said, while you're growing, grow in that grace. But while you're growing, also grow in your knowledge of that one that you're following. See, if we don't grow in knowledge, we'll be like Paul's brethren who he said have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. We got too many people out here running around doing things religiously in the name of Christianity that's not doing it according to knowledge. So, so Peter was saying you need to do both things. You need to grow in grace and you need to grow in knowledge. And, 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 and he said that, like I said, at the end of his second epistle. But then Peter began his second epistle, epistle with telling us how to grow. In, in 2 Peter chapter number 1 and verses 5 through 8. 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 5 through 8. Peter says here. He says, and, and, and I'd like to start at, at verse number 4. He, he says, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these you might, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, he's telling us, first of all, that we've been given some great and exceeding promises when we came to Christ because we've escaped that corrupt nature that we had out there in the world. He says, and oh yeah, besides this, in verse 5, he says, giving all diligence, add to your faith. That initial faith that you exercise when you obey the gospel, he says, add to your faith such graces as virtue and knowledge and self-control and patience and godliness and brotherly kindness and love. These seven graces, he said, you need to add these things to your faith. See, he says, and, and then he says, later on in that, he said, and if you, if, if you add these things and they abound in you, he says, you will not be unfruitful in the knowledge. That's where we would, he, he told us to grow in grace and knowledge. He, he, he told us to add these grace gifts here. And then he said, and if you continue to grow, he said, you won't be unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who called you into his grace. See, the scriptures also tells us that Christians who do not understand their responsibility and are not willing to hold up their end of this contract. Those ones uh, uh, in Hebrews chapter number five and verses beginning at verse 12. See, those Christians who refused to grow were sternly rebuked for not doing so. See, you just can't be a part of this and, and, and just say, well, I'm just going to show up and, and, you know, I hope nobody don't say anything to me, okay? You, you say that in the, in the beginning. You say, I hope nobody says anything to me, you know, when, when I don't show up according to their schedule. Then after a while, you, we lose the humility and we get a little bolder 
And then we say, I wish somebody would say something. You know, see, see, once you do it, more often you get callous. And then you, you, you turn from, I hope they don't say nothing to me. They better not say nothing to, to me. You know how we get, you know, especially if, we, if we're not growing in this. If we're not growing in this, then we're we we growing in the other thing by default. And, and that's, that's how we're going to carry ourselves. But in, in, in Hebrews chapter number five and begin at verse 12, he says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, as it was stated this morning, you know, after a certain time, there's certain things we should know. We, we have things in place to try to help people do that. When somebody obeys the gospel here, and I was so glad when we finally made this a part of uh, how we do things here because we were looking at that revolving door syndrome where people were coming in and going back out. We said we got to do something to stop this. And a lot of times people won't come in and get in the first studies class and, you know, that we had and these things. So we had to make it a requirement that they have to go through uh, foundations of faith, which is to teach them, to ground them, to give them those basics that they needed so that they wouldn't be swayed by every wind of doctrine when they go back home and people try to change their mind about why do you do that over there when you've been all right over here all this time? So he said, for, for when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, teach you again. The elementary, or he said, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. So you, you, you've been on the rolls for a few years now. But when somebody asks you, well, how do you think you, what, what makes you think you can be saved over there at the Church of Christ and you can't be saved here at Mount Arise? Christ dipped in the blood, dried on the rock, and holy redeemed of God, incorporated. Why, why do you think you can't be saved over here? And, you know, and when they ask you that, because you only showed up on one Sunday out the month, late, you came in late, and you might have to leave early. I don't know, you know. But, but because that's all you've gotten in your time, you've gotten hors d'oeuvres from the pulpit, you don't know how to defend that. You, you don't know what to say to them. And, and, and after you hear that a number of times from people, you, 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 you had to feel, well, I'm not going to go back over there no more because I don't want to be taking all this flack from my relatives and my friends because I don't know how to give an answer to every man that asks a hope of me and meekness and fear. That, it's right here. The scriptures tell you that's what we need to be training to do. That's what the foundation of faith is trying to do for you, if you would allow it to. But we don't take the time to do that. But he says, he says you have need for one to teach you again the first principle of, of the oracles of God and become as such as have need of milk. And not of strong meat. We, we, we heard that this morning. You know, they're still on, on milk when they should be eating stronger stuff. They should at least be able to tell people of how, how I came to obey the gospel and the steps to obey it. You know, and, and, and people will struggle after being in, the, being in the body for a few years. And you ask them that process and they say, wait a minute, hold on. I hear them say that at, at the end of the set. Wait a minute, it's, it's H. B, let me see, H, B, hear, believe, repent, confess, 
and, and, and baptized. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They say, well, explain that to me. What does that mean? And, and, and then they don't, they don't know. And, and Lord, no, please don't ask them for no scriptures. When, when you ask them, give me some script, give me some book for that. You know, they lost it. See, and this, this like I say, this is years after being in, in, in the body. We have to, as Peter said, be ready to give an answer to everybody that asked us about that hope that's in us. That's, that's the elementary thing. And, and, and this, is, this is what the Hebrew writer is saying. He said, for everyone, verse 13, for everyone that uses milk, who's, who's unable to defend their faith, he said, is unskillful in the world of righteousness, for he is a babe. He said, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use, I like this text. Reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. They, they've taken this from, from coming to Bible studies and hearing the messages and listening to the tapes and they, they, they read this stuff and, and, and they incorporate it, try to incorporate it in their lives. And, 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 and we just look at this in the plains. It says, have their senses. Well, we got five senses. We have those senses exercised to be able to discern good things and bad things. Good habits, bad habits. See, we, we can, we can we, with our senses, the sense of smell, we, we can smell. Uh-oh, they smoking something in there. I better not go in there. I, I, you, know, I, I, you know, my senses tell me certain things. My eyes tell me about certain places I don't need to go. My ears tell me when I hear certain things, well, I need to remove myself from this, this area. So, see, see, certain things, our senses being exercised by this word will tell us certain environments and things that we have no business being around. That's, that's, that's if they had stronger meat, if they had that strong meat. See, spiritual growth is not something reserved for a few Christians. God commands all of us to grow. But let us not forget that spiritual growth is a choice. Number two, spiritual growth is a choice that requires diligent effort. So you're not going to haphazardly grow in this. You're going to have to apply yourself. Uh, I, I know when, when I obeyed the gospel, I, I was a wreck. I, I was a wreck. I mean, when I, when I came and, and, and I was having studies before I obeyed the gospel, and, and, and Brother Assembly was one that taught me, and after obeying the gospels, and you sit and listen to a message, and I'm writing down every scripture text that he said. You know, a, a, lot, a lot of the stuff I you know, wasn't comprehending then, but I, some of it I was. And, Every scripture text I heard, I wrote it down because I'm going to have a Bible study when I get home. See, when I get home, I remember hearing stuff. But now when I get home and I look up each one of them scripture texts, then I, oh, that's what he was saying. I didn't have time to look at all that stuff while he was talking. I would have been missing something. So, so when I get home, then I'm having to study after the study, and, and I'm, I'm getting familiar for, with what he was saying, the, the little drawings he was doing and all this stuff, illustrations he was giving, and, and, and it, it takes all that. You, you, you have to, 
See, because most of us, when, when, when whatever we hear from the pulpit, some of us, if we're able to retain it till tomorrow, it'll be gone. And, and, and some of it will be forgotten before we leave the parking lot. See, if, we, if we're not careful, but, but, but see, we, we got to use little things that we can to retain these things because uh, these things can help us in, in the time of need. See, uh, uh, again, like I said, it requires diligent effort. See, unlike physical growth, we grow physically by default without any special effort required on our part, unless we got some, some sort of disorder or something. But, but we're going to grow. See, we, we're going to grow. We're going to mature physically whether we want to or not. But, but don't, that, don't think that just because you grow older, you're growing spiritually. You, it doesn't happen like that, okay? See, spiritual growth requires concentrated effort. The apostle Peter understood that, understood the importance that diligence played because he said something about that twice in the second chapter. In the second chapter of Peter, beginning at verse number four. Verse four, he said, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises well, he, he doesn't start there, but I like to start there. He, he says, whereby, in Second Peter 1 and 4, whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. nature. And, and I like that because we got so many promises given to us in Christ that we minimize, don't realize, and, and don't utilize them for what they, they were meant to do. We've got promises that, uh, uh, as, as Brother Veal has said, you know, instead of standing on the promises, we're sitting on the premises, okay? And, 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 and we don't even have a clue about the promises God got. And, and see, depending on who you get a promise from, some things you can just take to the bank, okay? See, Brother Veal say, look, Greg, you know, after you get finished this message, I got five grand I'm going to give you, okay? I say, okay. Man, I got to even take that for his truthfulness. I know him to be a true brother. He never lied to me before. Now, he say that, then I got to think that he going to give me the five grand, he said, okay? Then I got to think, is he able to give me the five grand, okay? But see, I got to think that stuff maybe about him. But when he tells me something, when God tells me something, I don't even have to think because the scripture told me he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what I can ask or think. So I don't even have to think about it. these promises that he made. I just need to grab hold of them and, and just rejoice that from the source that I got them from. OK, so so he says. He says in here. Exceedingly great and precious promises that by these, these promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption, corruption that is in the world through lust. He says, and beside this, giving all diligence, he says, we got to give diligence. We got to be diligent about this requirement to grow. See, 
he not only said it there, he also said in verse number 10, he says in, in verse 10, 2 Peter 1 and 10, he says, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. He says, here's a promise. He said, make your calling and election sure. He says, for if you do these things, these things that he just told you about back here in 5 through 8, really back there, 4, four through 8, he said, if you do these things, he says, uh, you shall, he said, you shall never fall. Never fall. He didn't say you wouldn't stumble, you know, because we all going to stumble. We're not perfect. He said, but you can stumble through this, through this Christian wall. He said, but you'll never fall. And if you fall, you're going to fall forward. You, you know how some, sometimes people stumble and, and you look, they look like they're going to go down. You know, you be looking and say, oh, oh, oh. You know, and they regain their balance. You know, so he, he's saying, if you do these things, see, I'll lift you up. Even when you, even when you trip and, and, and stumble, he said, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going I'm to I'm uphold you. If you add these things to your faith, and add these, grab hold of these promises and make them a part of your life. He says, these are some good promises. I don't know about you. I, I like what, what he promised me. And, and I'm going to take that to the bank. See, just like good physical health may require consistency, spiritual growth requires regular exercise. See, in, in, in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy, chapter number 4. 1 Timothy, chapter number 4. And around verse 7. And it reads, But refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. He says, there's some things that you don't need to listen to. Old profane, he said, and, and old wise fables. See, some people, some people in their conversations, it, you just need to turn a deaf ear to. You don't even need to make yourself present there no longer than what you have to. So he says, rather than this, and, and, and know how to conduct yourself when you're around these things. He said, but he said, but rather exercise thyself rather to godliness. I like to say that like God-likeness. Exercise yourself to be more like God. In verse 8, he says, for bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness or godlikeness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. I, while looking at this, I, I, was, I was having a, had a TV on and they was running a, uh, a commercial or something that was advertised the movie and I was looking at The Rock, Dwayne Rock Johnson, yeah. 
and, and they were showing him, and, I, and I, when I was reading this text, and it was talking about exercise and spiritual exercise, you know. And, and when it said here that, that physical exercise, he said, for bodily exercise, profited little. And, and I'm looking at this guy, and I say, man, this guy put a lot of work into you know, looking like he, he does. I mean, I mean, you know, you, his muscles start up here at ears, you know, and then did it come off his, off his ears? And, and then his muscles had muscles, you know. I mean, they, they ripple on down like this, you know. And I'm looking at that and it shows his side profile and his arm is, you know, out this far, you know. He did that. And I'm looking and I say, he put a lot of work into that. And, 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 and what, the, what the writer is saying here, he says, for, for bodily exercise, profits it little. Now, I know Paul was talking about, he, Paul had a tendency to use things that was happening around him. And a lot of times, these people, he see people training for the games and stuff that they had, the combats that they had going on. He said, now, they practicing the training for this, and whatever they get is only going to be temporal. It's only going to be good for that. And I was looking at the rock, and I say, with all the diligence he put into his exercising and to, to, to have his muscles popping and bulging all over the place, see, that's only temporary. That's only good for right here. See, that ain't going to help him on the other side. But the, but the text says, but he says, but godliness is profitable unto all things. See, see. If my spiritual muscles look like his physical muscles, then it said I would be I'd be suited for anything that comes at me. See, I would be able to withstand those spiritual battles that come at me because I'm exercising myself to godliness, and and I got what I need. See, not only for this life to to know how to conduct myself in this life. But it says also for the life to come. Now, what other thing can you do down here that will transcend this world and take you and be useful in the next world? No job, no amount of money or possessions or none of these things. That you're going to leave them all here. But he said this godliness that you need to exercise yourself with. He said that will transcend here. It's going to be good for the place to come. That, 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 that's powerful. See, spiritual growth is not easy. We must work at it. But we can, we can take comfort in knowing that spiritual growth is a choice. But it's a choice which is assisted by God and blessed by God. See, we, we got to understand that, that God has given us some promises to help us in and trusting him that he's going to give us the things that we need in, in order to be victorious in this walk. See, he wants us to know that we are not alone in our efforts. We're not alone. When we get in the body, we got plenty of help. See, that's where you change. You could be a, a loner out there in the world. And a lot of times we, we come from out there. And a lot of times that's a hard thing that we have to get over We we introverts and we, we don't like people in our business. 
That's how we were out there. And then we come over here where God wants to help you. He wants to put you in a family and put you around people that he want to bless you through. But because I don't like people in my business, you know, I'm, I'm a private person. You, 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 a lot of times you will miss the blessings that God want to bring you through somebody else. He's not going to come down and tap you and say, here, yeah, blessing. I'm, I'm gonna get you. you don't know when, who he's going to bring you the blessing to. It could, it could be a blessing by somebody that you don't even really care for, you don't have a relationship with, but God uses that person to bless you. But you have to, you have, to have yourself open. You've got to have your hands like this and not like this. So, so that God can, can bless you in the way that he chooses to. But he tells us in, in Philippians chapter number two. In Philippians chapter number two and verse number 12. He says, wherefore, brethren, wherefore, my, my beloved, he said, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, he says, not only that, he said, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. See, what, what he's saying, Paul said, don't try to serve God with eye service. See, sometimes we, we want to serve God when Christians are around. Let me see. Oh, oh, straighten up. I see that they're watching me. Okay. But God wants to know what you're going to do when you're all by yourself. That's when, the, rather than it being our service, that's when integrity comes into place. What you're going to do when you're by yourself? He says, he says, do those things that you would do if I was there when you by yourself, he says, he says also to work out your own salvation with and the text says fear and trembling. But but what he meant is reverence, reverence towards God. And this trembling is, is a word that means anxiety about failing God. See, that trembling is, is I don't want I don't want to do something that disappoints God and we can have that mindset first of all that I have reverence for God see I and, 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 and when I'm working under that mindset I'll know that wherever I am I can be seen by him I'm, I don't do stuff now because I'm worried about one of you seeing me I don't do stuff uh, 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 I'm not in the powerball line Buying a hundred dollars worth of Powerball tickets and look and see a Christian say, "Oh my goodness gracious," you, you know. And I'm trying to hide from you because you don't have no heaven or hell to put me in. But I know if I can stay away from your view and I'm in there, I'll never escape his view. He he saw me. He knew what I was going to do before I got there to the line. Okay, and, and, and I'm depending more on what I can do rather than trusting in, in God. So so when you have that reverence for him of who he is and you have that trembling that I don't want to do things that would would hinder my relationship with him, then, then you you working with on the right track. See. He says. 
when you when you do this, you have this this mindset, knowing it is it is him who is working in you to want to do and to do. Y'all I read that? He said he says in the in the text, he said, For it's God which worketh in you both to will, that's to want to do, and to do his good pleasure. So God is working on the inside of me. See as, as I've heard it said before, he don't call, God doesn't call equipped people. He just calls you and then he equips the people that he calls. So he, you don't come here, come to him having everything that you need to get the job done. When you get to him, God said, I'm going to equip you to be able to do what I want to do. And one of the most important things that he's given us is his Holy Spirit to equip us. But see, Paul says, you know, you, you, you got to change your mindset about serving God because he tells us in Ephesians 3 and 20, he says, now unto him who who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. See. He says, according to the power that worketh in you, in us, he said he can do these things according to the power that worketh in all of us. What power is he talking about? Well, two of them that I, I definitely know. His word and his spirit. See, he's using those two powers to work in us to be able to do whatever he chooses to do. Amen? So, everybody got the spirit when we came out the, the baptismal pool. Everybody got that. Everybody, you, you, you got to use, because we passed the, the age of inspiration coming directly from God, we got to use perspiration, man. We got to crack the book and we got to get into this book, okay? We got to choose to the, the, the be disciple now and get this word in us so we can give the spirit something to work with. So when we get, this, get the words in us along with the spirit, man, he said, I can do what I want to do according to the power I got in you with my word. And, and he said, you, you didn't see examples of where my word has changed lives. Just, he said, I can speak it and things come into existence. So we, we, we hurt ourselves when we're not allowing him to do that. See, we have no excuse not to grow because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, if we, if we believe that, then we got to lay ourselves open to him. See, we, we have been talking about spiritual growth. The kind of growth that is, first of all, commanded by God. It requires diligent effort. It's assisted by God and it's blessed by God. See, if we desire to experience the blessings of this right kind of growth, then we never should forget that spiritual growth is a choice. We got to make the choice. See, God has given, opened us up to blessings that's, that's right down here for us to get right now. Not by and by and when we get on the other side, but, you know, when we're just having the peace of God. Peace with God. See, see I don't know about you, but I was fighting with God at one time. 
I was wanting to do my will and whatever came to my mind. But when I obeyed the gospel, I surrendered. I said, I give. I, I, I surrender. And he said, okay, now, all right, the fight is over. Now, you, you got, we got peace between us. So to have the peace, and you can't, can't pay for that. You, you, that's something you, you have to give way to and allow that to happen. But, but having the peace of God, peace with God, those are, those are two blessings that, you know, a, a lot of the world don't have. To have peace of mind, to know that some battles that I used to try to fight, I don't have to fight them no more because God, that's, that's in his hands. Knowing what I can fight and what I can't and, and knowing the difference, you know, all them things, that, you, can't, you can't buy those kind of things. So we got that, the divine, divine favor of God. I, I, I ain't a family that you can be born in out here. You, you, you think, uh, you can name which, whichever rich person that you want that, 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 that's got money. The favor that you could get in that family doesn't even compare to being in God's family. God has opened doors that couldn't be opened and closed doors that couldn't be shut. So, I mean, you, you, got, you, you get that in his family and you in the family. As Brother Bethia said, you know, when, see, when, when we think about, when we wake up and think about where we are now and what we have and compared to other people, when, when like, like, like he said, and, and I look at the news and I see places like Aleppo and all these places and, you know, I mean, this building is just tore up and people just moving, uh, uh, current dead people in, in wheelchairs and all that kind of stuff. And, and like you say, when you, see, some, some of us get so complacent and uh, so used to what we have that we don't even consider the thought that that could be me or, or why I'm not there. Why did God allow me to be over here where I don't have all that stuff happening? But like I say, well, sometimes we get too complacent and, and who knows in, in times to come, it could change. But I'm, I'm just going to be thankful. If it, if it happened, I'm going to be thankful for all the time that it wasn't here. Amen? So I, I, I'm done. Where, where is Xavier? He over there? Okay. See, if, if, if you're here and maybe... You haven't obeyed the gospel. It starts, first of all, by hearing the gospel, believing it, making up your mind you want to change. It's repentance, confessing the sweetest name on mortal tongue, and being baptized for the remission of your sin. That just puts you in the game, okay? You can't just come and say, all right, got that off my list. I checked that off, man. Oh, boy, let me sit back and relax. No, you just got in the game. Now it's time to suit up. And now make all your work count for something. Now it's time to send timber up for, for your place that, that, that you, you intended to go. And then he said, and be faithful until death and I'll give you a crown of life. I like them. See, see the, the, old, the old person that I was working for, I didn't like his retirement plan. He was trying to take me out. You know, now I got a better retirement plan under my new master that I'm working for. I just like it. I, I, I love it, not like it. I love it. Amen. So, but if you're here and you uh, have prayer requests, um, you just write your prayer requests down and we're going to stand and sing the hymn of invitation as we
sang this song. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peace.